What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. And we've got another good week for you. We're going to start off with a little uh, Week 9 NFL recap. Uh, week capped off last night by actually what we all expected to be an awful game. Turned out to probably be the best Monday night football game of the season. Uh, a 20, a 30-27 win for the Patriots came from behind down... Um, what were they down? Twenty to twenty-seven, late in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton leads them down the field. They score. Joe Flacco throws a pick on the first play of the next drive with about four and a half minutes left. Patriots get down the field again. Uh, they win the game. It was uh, pretty crazy. Nick Folk getting some redemption, kicking a game winner as time expired. Uh, Sully, what'd you uh, what'd you think about that one? I know well, we were going back and forth. I thought yeah, the Jets were surprising. Really well. A little surprising that the I thought the Jets were going to get um, blown out by 17 or so. Uh, not that I touched the game, but it was just an ugly game. Like betting wise, looking at it, you wouldn't think it'd be appetizing. Uh, Jets played very well. Flacco played great. He plays very well against the Patriots. He does. He's had some big games. Looked better than Darnold has probably. Um, so if anyone says, you know. Don't touch Trevor because the Sam. I mean, Flacco outplayed him yesterday. So, but I, you'd think Bill Belichick could beat uh, Adam Gase in his sleep, and uh, he doesn't have the players. Clearly, Jacoby Myers had a huge game. Um, I was just praying for a loss. I, it didn't bother me that they played well. Um, ideally, I want them to play well and then lose last second, and that's what happened. They played very well. They played the better game. And they ended up losing. Um, they deserved to win the game, and they lost. So we love to see that. We love that for the Trevor sweepstakes. Um, Nick Falk, good for you, buddy. I always like Nick Falk. We're glad you made the – the funniest thing was it was like uh, something about the Patriots celebrating. This is the Patriots celebrating after beating the ONA Jets. Like, that's that's great. You're celebrating. That's where we are with the Pats, that they're so bad that they're they're going crazy after beating the Jets that are 0-8. I, I love that. Um Clearly, you can see where the Pats are. They're they're absolutely fucking terrible. I did not think they were that bad. They're they're terrible. They're gonna go like five and eleven. Um, people were like, "There's a path. Like, there's a path if they do this and they do that." No, they're they're terrible. This is the first time all year the Jets have outplayed a team. All year, first game the Jets have outplayed someone, and it's and it's the Patriots. Uh, I'm rooting for Cam. I mean, it's so odd. I'm rooting for them to – I've never rooted for them to beat – lose to the Patriots. This is probably the only time in my, my life. Part of me is like, oh, they're beating the Pats. It's kind of cool. It's kind of funny if we beat them. But no, eyes on the prize, 0-16. Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. That's the name of the game. Jaguars are one in, are probably going to go 1-15. Their schedule so hard. So we, we can't afford to win any games. We cannot afford to win a single game. 0-16, laughing stock, bringing on Trevor time. It's a win. It's a win. It was, it was a devastating win for me as a Giants fan. Thought we really had one there. Thought we were going to be talking about only one game behind the Jets. Maybe they maybe hey, they get lucky. You have you have that was your first mistake. You think you think we have two to three wins on us? That's that's. I know. That's, I, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you could have gotten that I mean, you one, for it obviously, but if you had gotten that one, 
then I can sit there and hope the Jets, you know, fucking squeak, squeak one terrible. out. You, you, have, you have wins on the table in your division. I, I don't know. I mean, do we? We played we Washington played twice Eagles already. Once and the Cowboys once left? Yes. So you'll... you'll I believe you'll they're probably... both on the road, though. I'm not 100% sure, but... It doesn't matter. That, 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 it doesn't matter. They're both... You'll probably win one of those games. Yeah. Do you have any other winnable games? Um, me? I don't think so. I mean, like, we don't play the Jets, Jaguars, or anyone if we're talking outside the division. Oh, so. you play the Bengals. That's a winnable game. Oh, okay, yes. That is a winnable game. Let's hope Joey B goes fucking bonkers. Um, oh, you still... Oh, yeah. So you play... Oh, wait. Yeah, so you got Bengals... Bengals and Cowboys and Eagles, all three are winnable. You'll probably win one, maybe two. And then the Browns, Ravens, Cardinals, Seahawks are all losses. Yeah. Um, I like um, that it's in Cincinnati, though. But both the, I mean, both the, the division Jaguars, games are home. The Jaguars have a brutal schedule. I was looking at it. They have, like, the Packers. They have the Ravens. They have the Steelers. They have the Titans. I'm like, oh, ew. Think yeah. of it as Packers, Steelers, Browns, which who knows, the Browns are the Browns, Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Bears, Colts. Only winnable game really is the Bears, I think. Who knows with the Vikings how they're playing, but this kid Luton played, uh, Luton, he played very well. He looked great. First, you gotta love, yes. you gotta love how he has Mike Glennon on the uh, bench who, I mean, he's not great, but at least he's played. And he takes a chance, and he goes with this this Luten guy, and he, he plays great. Played great, yeah. He, he first or second pass, uh, seventy six yard touchdown to DJ Shark. Looks like DJ Shark is is fantasy relevant again. I benched him. How could you not bench him? He's been terrible, but he's got a bigger arm than Minshew's. Like Minshew's like all you know finesse and accuracy. Minshew doesn't have a big arm. He's just all grit. Yeah, he's and like a southern like Chad Pennington. Arm. Yeah, this guy's like got a big arm though, and like now the the field's open for Shark, and like I think it's a better better for DJ Shark, because now it's not just little you know DJ Shark had like seven catches for thirty five yards a week or two ago, like nuts. Like now the big DJ Shark downfield, he's a downfield threat again. So I think it does help them, and 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 Marone even said we might not go back to Minshew even if he was healthy, and I think they moved off him i think we've seen the ceiling on Minshew. i've been a Minshew believer Minshew mania but i think we've seen the ceiling on him rookie year was as good as he's gonna get he is playing injured i know i think he can be a starting level starting caliber level level quarterback but i think Minshew's career is probably going to be a tyrod taylor he's going to be a bridge quarterback for the most of his career he's yeah. he's good enough to be a starter no question he's a top 32 quarterback in that 20 to 32 range Variance depending on how he's playing, but yeah, week to week, he he's gonna be someone that you're not gonna ever gonna be like Teddy Bridgewater back in the day. We're not like he, we're not convinced he's gonna be our guy. Like he's gonna be a bridge. See what he does. If he doesn't wow us, then we'll move on. He's always gonna be so, the guy. He's gonna be the guy before the guy. Yeah. Which is val- I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick made a career out of that. You know, after he yeah, left, he after he, he left he, Buffalo, make some money. He'll make some money, and who knows? Nick Foles is kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, get, he'll make some money. He'll have a good time doing it, and I think that's all that Gardner Minshew ever wants in life. 
and that's happiness, you know. Good for him. I hope he. Yeah, I hope he pulls it off. Fitzpatrick. I mean, the, yeah. the beard. The that's the blueprint. I mean, Foles won a Super Bowl. I mean, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Maybe he's a backup. Someone gets hurt. He goes on a run with a really good team. And I and mean, yeah, and to was, say like he's not a he can't do what Teddy Bridgewater did last year for the Saints. Like, oh, you, your quarterback's out, but he's out for four weeks. You know, and you come in and go two and two or three and one, and that's fine. You know, that's all you need him to do. Just stay above water. But he's, I mean, he's one of those guys that's in the conversation like the next five years. Every time he's a backup, he's in the conversation for the best backup in the league. You know, that he, he's that type of quarterback. If he's not your starter, he's probably the best backup in the league. Yeah. Which is fine. You uh, make a lot of money, you know, four or five million dollars a year. At least, yeah, for sure. Um,. But you know the uh, great stuff from the Jets. I mean, I, I the game was really never in doubt for me. I, I kind of always realized, really always thought we were gonna blow this shit. I mean, twelve men on the field on a field goal attempt. Yeah, that me. seemed purposeful to me. And then that me. interception. I mean, he threw a a sixty yard pass into double coverage with uh, I believe it was McCordy and uh, Jackson. It's like, gotta be. You think it's <laughs> apparently Gase made that play call too. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, why not? If you don't want to win the game, take a shot that's going to get picked off. But Gase might not be part of the future, so does he want to tank? Might not be. Yeah, I'm surprised. It's funny because they showed the the tight end, Ryan Griffin, wide open for like 10 to 12 yards minimum. Yeah. And the first down, and then you have double coverage, um, and he just bombs it and gets picked off. I was like, let's go, first play. Yeah, and Flacco played great. I mean, he was yeah, fine Flacco. everybody. He looked – normally you see him running backwards. He's getting sacks for loss most of the time when he's under pressure. I mean, he, he was staying pretty composed. He got sacked like one or two times maybe. I think only once. And it was on the – um when they got the ball back with the uh, game tied, I think, when they had to yeah. punt with like 45 seconds left. Yeah, he got left. sacked on that play. Yeah, he got sacked, and I think that was the first sack of the game, and then that, that was the first turnover game, that interception. So, I mean, they uh, they, they they played really well. I, I was on the Jets pretty heavy last night. Unfortunately, I broke my cardinal rule, and I took an under, and it just came back to bite me. I thought there was no way that game was going over, <laughs> and, of course, it went over by a mile. I think it was 42 and a half. The final was 57. So, I mean, that's that's not great when you lose. I'd rather lose an over-under by 15 than lose it by one, though, or a half. I mean, that's just yeah. it's less heartbreaking when the over hits in the third quarter. Uh, <laughs> but, Absolutely. No, uh, other than that, I mean, I think the maybe not be a surprise, but I didn't see it being this lopsided, was the Saints. I mean, we saw... This is the worst loss that Brady's had since uh, he lost the Chiefs on Monday night back in 2014. That was... Yeah, was it tied for his worst loss ever, right? Or or it was his most, yeah. his biggest loss ever? It, I think it was his biggest loss ever, yeah, and the worst since that Chiefs game on Monday night. The uh, Yeah, that was just not, not a great look. Uh, I saw a funny meme that was Antonio Brown smiling on the sideline. He's like, I ruined this team already? <laughs> it I is. don't understand why they signed Brown. Like one interception was clearly his fault, where he 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 stopped short and Brady threw it. Not that Brady played well at all; he played awful. But 
Brady throws and he's obviously expecting Brown to keep running. Like, who's wrong? The 20-year veteran Brady or the person that is mentally delusional, beats women, assaults women, and has been on the team for a week? Yeah, I think AB ran the wrong route there. Yeah. And that was the one right before halftime, right? Yeah. You have Godwin. You have Evans. You have Gronk. You have Brait. You have Scotty Miller, who's nice. You have Rojo. You have Fournette. You have all the weapons you need. I get Brown is a top five receiver. He's legit top five receiver, probably at worst if he's healthy. But I don't see the benefit. Like he's just a he's just a cancer. The Pats cut him. He's gonna destroy the team. Like you got to get chemistry with him. Like he's running the wrong routes, routes, whatever the fuck the word is, routes. He's running and like I, where's the benefit? Like I, I don't I don't see it. Like he's either gonna tarnish the team. Whether he's not getting the ball enough, whether he's running, not running the right, right routes. Yeah, and I mean, you could also, you could also legitimately make the argument that both Godwin's and Evans, when healthy, are top five receivers in the NFL. I'm not saying they they definitely are. Statistically, but they can be. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Godwin, I know, was the number two fantasy receiver last year, and I think Evans was like seventh or eighth. So, yeah, they're undoubtedly both top 10 receivers. Of any 1-2 combo, they're the number one in the NFL. Hands yeah, down. Absolutely. I, I think Metcalf Lockett. I'm not going this that year, far. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I think so. Talent-wise, I'm not, I'm not there Metcalf, yet. Metcalf has been so incredible this year. I know that the, the two are both better overall. Lockett's a little further down. But, like, I think Metcalf, I, just the difference. Metcalf is so big, so physical, and Lockett is so small. And so they're just, I think they complement each other a little better. Like, they're just too, and not that Evans and Godwin don't. Godwin's a more possession receiver. Ed, Edwin Evans has been a uh, red zone guy this year. But this year, I don't know. I'm taking Lockett and, 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 and Metcalf. Well, yeah, and I mean, this receiver. This year, yeah, but I'm talking about just uh, from a straight talent standpoint. You know, this year they Lockett and uh, Metcalf also have the the MVP throwing to them. You know, it, that that certainly helps. And both uh, Godwin's and Evans have great. both had, been had a great year. Other than yesterday, he I know. Yes- but they both been banged up all year. Both of them have have been not healthy all year. Um, you know, I'm just from a talent perspective, I'm taking those two guys over over anyone right now. Not to say that couldn't change year to year, but, you know, that's, to me, I don't think there's any two more talented one-two in the game than those guys. But then you have that muddled backfield in Tampa Bay. Like, what's going on there? You got Fournette getting 15 carries last week. This week he goes out and gets one for no yards, gets maybe five or six receptions, and it's like... cooks in the kitchen. That's where... where Yeah. Cooks in the kitchen. You, you, you're not going to score 40 points every week, so not everyone's going to eat. There's going to be weeks where you get 20. Is AB going to cry? Is Fournette going to be pissed? Um, Rojo having roll back and forth. You know, Gronk, good. Yeah, he's had a good rapport with Gronk. Like, now that's going to take a backseat. Less targets. Like, like Gronk is working. Like, Gronk looks like the old half, like half of the old Gronk. He's scoring in the red zone. Uh, he had one bad drop, but like, how many opportunities is Gronk going to see now? You want your top three opportunities to be uh, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, probably in that order. Those three, and then you have the running backs, and then you got Brady, you got Scotty Miller. You got more than enough options. Brady's done way more with less before. Not saying that he's playing. He had he was having a great year before this last game. 
Um, there's been some highs and some lows, some real highs and some real lows, but why do you... I just don't see the need to make this move. I, I just don't. I know it's all because of Brady and they were living together and... Yeah, it's just, it just, just... It only seems bad for me. Like, it, it only just... To say there's not more potential for harm than good is is naive. Yeah, you know? and I think Seattle would have been a much better fit because of the the demeanor in the locker room. The like, it's not going to be he's Brown is not going to be clamped. He's going to be. I mean, and just also, I mean, that would even be more dynamic. Brown, Metcalf, Lockett. That just and all, different also just the way he was kind of embraced by each of those like Brady seems to embrace who AB is but like as like he's kind of this misunderstood guy whereas like Seattle was like yeah we're we're, you're gonna come here and we're gonna completely change everything about who you are as a man and a person like they were ready to put him through like a complete overhaul as a human being and Brady's just like, trust me, he's he's really a good guy. He slept over at my house for a weekend, you know. And it's just yeah. like, what we don't we there's far more evidence that he is not at all a good guy than he is a good guy. Um, and you certainly aren't learning that from the fourteen to twenty days that him and Brady spent together, you know. So to me, it just it's an odd it's an odd relationship. It's, yeah, it's, it's very. I don't really know if I have a word for it. I mean, like, he wants to see the best in people, I feel like. I feel like Brady, you know, he's a pretty positive guy. He doesn't really put blame on others because of, you know, the way he was at Belichick. It's like, do your job. I got to be better, this. But, like, it's it's like a glass half full type of guy, it seems like. And, like, he wants to give him the chance. He knows the ability he has. And yeah. just, you can't save him, Tom. You can't save him. Just let him. I, I, I really think he's. He's a pretty trash human being. I think he's pretty trash. I, I think he's a pretty terrible person. Not that I know him. I know someone that did meet him and said he was a very nice guy. But he said he said from talking with him, this person will be remain, remain anonymous. Neither of you know him. But he says he was very nice to him. Uh, but he said you, you could tell he's just messed up in the head. Like he can't talk to you like a normal person. Like his words and sentences... It's just like it's not English. It's like it's like not proper syntax. It's just not correct, like grammar and like like socially <laughs> he can't talk to you. Like yeah. And he like he like did a music video with him. Like he was in AB's music video. Boy, if you want to laugh and have a bad music video, I didn't even know AB had a music video. Worst music video I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what it was. Look it up if you want to laugh or cry, whatever. It was fucking brutal. I don't even know what it was called. Like, it, like he made Le'Veon Bell look like look like Jay Z. That's a tall task. <laughs> that's that, that that's is, how bad. That is tough. Le'Veon Bell that to me is, is just like, yeah, he's bad, but he's just like any one of these like really bad rappers. Yeah, he's a SoundCloud rapper. Like he sounds like a rapper. He's just gar. Like he's just not good. But yeah. like AB was just I. I, I it was just didn't sound like a rapper because he can't speak English. So at least Le'Veon Bell can speak. But yeah, well, well he, I mean, I he's got it. that. He can't play football anymore, but at least he can speak. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on to something else real quick. Let's talk about uh, probably one of my favorite weeks 
normally happens in April, but we're getting it in November this year. We got the Masters kicking off on Thursday morning. Uh, best golf tournament out there. Um, we're going to give you a few picks for that. We're going to give a couple picks um, to win, and then we'll talk, uh, talk a few props. Um, I'll kick it off with my, um, my favorites to win. I've got two. Uh, one of them, it was his birthday today, he got his second ace of the week in his practice rounds. John Rahm, uh, plus 1,100 right now, so 11 to 1, pretty good odds uh, for a guy who is definitely um, having his way with the course so far this week. And my second, right around the same odds, he's at 10 to 1. I uh, got him at plus 1,000. Uh, Justin Thomas, always the guy you see at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the weekend, doesn't miss the cut. Always in contention to win. Uh, he's been playing pretty well lately. I think I think he might get his green jacket. I think he might actually do it this year. So I'm taking Rom and Thomas, uh, the second and third best odds to uh, win the tournament. So somewhat somewhat of favorites, but still very very good odds. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, Sully. Uh, I'll leave David's the uh, the knowledgeable guru with golf. So. I'll give my picks. Um, I'm a big Tony Finau fan. He's really good. He's always, regardless if he does win, I think he's a really good play for DFS. Um, you know, I, he's plus 3,500. Uh, we know he's tough. We know what he played with last year with that, that golf ball size. I mean, not base softball sized, whatever happened to his foot last year. He's always he's always in the mix, and all you can ask for is someone that's in the mix. Um and and Finau's he's been he's been really good for for a couple years now since that coming out party. Um, so plus thirty five hundred, really good odds. Um, it's a nice dart throw. And then the other one is um, Colin Mark Marikawa at plus thirty three hundred. He won. How old is he, Dave? What is he? Twenty. He's young. 22? Yeah. He's real young. He won. You saw what he did in the PGA Championship. Um, you know. Finishing off, Dusty Johnson was trying to come back, and that on on uh, I believe it was 16, where he put it within a few feet of the hole for an eagle, and really just sealed that that bad boy. Uh, Colin Morikawa, extremely talented. Um, he's ranked, I think he's ranked fourth in the world right now. I mean, playing great, playing playing well. He's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I think he should be a little higher. I'm not a I'm not a you know expert by any means, but plus. Plus 3,300, that's like the 12th or 13th best odds. Um, I like those odds for him. Let's see, you know, a lot of times these young golfers, before they get all the fame, the Rory's, the um, the JT's, the, um, what's, who's the other one? Spieth, a lot of times these guys at the beginning of their career, they, they run off a bunch of majors. They, they get hot and they, you know, that pressure really hasn't hit them. They're just living their lives. They're just playing. Even Kepka. They're just, they have nothing. They have nothing to lose. Kepka, they have nothing to lose. And now a lot of them you see, they kind of take a step back. Because that, that insane start they have is obviously not realistic to maintain. But maybe Colin takes that momentum from the PGA Championship. Obviously his confidence is, you know, sky high. He, like, dropped the top of the lid at the PGA Championship. Uh, that was funny. I, I, plus 3,300. I think I think you should be a little, little better odds. I think that's a good value play. Those are my two guys. Neither of them are probably like Tom as John Rahm. It's probably more likely, but because um, he's playing fantastic, but a little more middle middle tier guys there. All right, um, 
I'm gonna go. So my three guys, I based it off basically their recent trends at Augusta, um, and what they've done, you know, in their most recent tournaments there, and you know a little bit about what they're doing coming in. Uh, so my first guy is Dustin Johnson, um, and. His last two events, uh, which are the only two events that are technically this season, he's T6 and T2. And his last four events prior to the end of last season, so the four events before this, he never finished worse than tied for second. He had two wins and two T2s. So the guy is, Dustin Johnson's the hottest golfer in the world right now uh, in terms of recent you know, form coming into this. Um, he was T2 last year at Augusta. He was one stroke away from going into a playoff with Tiger. Uh, so he's been knocking on the door here for a long time. And when you combine that with the guy that's playing better than anyone in the world right now, um, with a guy of his talent, he's got to be in your consideration set for me. Um, what is he? I think he's a thousand or 1100 plus, plus a thousand. Um, second guy, Ricky Fowler. He's, this is the value pick. Um, and he's valued. I think his value is great. I think he's at what plus sixty six hundred, because uh, wow. he hasn't been playing that well coming into the tournament. I think he has. I think he's only finished like in top twenty five once in um, once in his last like five or six events. Um, but in his last six starts at Augusta, Fowler has never finished outside the top twelve, and that includes a second place finish or solo second two years ago. So, you know, despite not being in top form, he's been very consistently successful here. Probably more consistent than anyone over the last five or six years. Um, and Ricky's still chasing that that major. He's the best player ever to play golf that never won a major uh, in terms of talent. You know, he, he's such a talented guy. He's got wins everywhere else. He's won the Players' Championship, which is like the fifth, you know, unofficial major. Um, so... You know, he's going to get one eventually. I don't know if it's this week, but at plus 6,600, I don't care what Ricky Fowler's looked like coming into this. If he's if he's healthy, you got to take him at that number because he's been tearing Augusta up for the last five or six years. And the last guy is Xander Schauffele. Um I believe he is, what, 1,600. So a little better value than Dustin Johnson there. Um, he doesn't have the type of history at Augusta. I think he was like T50 two years ago, but last year he was T2 with uh, with Dustin Johnson, and he actually briefly held the lead because he was ahead, I think he was two or three groups ahead of uh, Tiger and Dusty. So he was right there with the with those guys. Um, and in his last four starts, he's finished T2, T17, second, fifth, and second. Um, and he leads in all the major categories that are good for Augusta in terms of strokes gained. He's number 10 on tour in strokes gained around the green, number 13 in strokes gained putting, number 12 in strokes gained tee to green, and number 3 in strokes gained total on tour. So he's been playing just as well as anyone, too, coming into this. Um, he's probably right there in that, you know, that group behind Dustin Johnson that include, you know, includes DeChambeau and all those other guys that have been playing pretty solid coming into this. Um, so those are my three guys to watch out for. I think that's a range of, you know, kind of a favorite, uh, a middle tier guy and, and more of a long shot. Um, but with, when they've been playing that well at Augusta, you, you got to give those three guys a shot. I like it. Yeah. Um, 
a couple um, props we could get into. Um, yeah, props. I like uh, the um, the sure. winning margin. I um, it's a tough one because it's been different. I mean, we've seen two, we've seen four, we've seen three as the winning margin. Um, I mean, it's 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 a tough one, but I think uh, there's a lot of guys playing really good golf right now. I think it's going to be close, and I'm going to take that one stroke. Uh, at plus 270. So I think it's going to be very close. I don't know. We'll see a playoff. That's at plus 250. But I think um, whoever wins, it'll only be by a stroke. I don't hate that. Um, right. I don't know. I don't think my bookie has it. But if you can find Tiger as a top 30 or top 20 finisher, take that for whatever it is. Uh, he's never he's never been the depend, defending champion at a major and finished outside the top 30. Uh, and he said he actually did a huge interview today saying physically he feels better than he did last year going into the, the Masters, and he walked away with a win there. Um, I think the crowd not being there has the potential to hurt Tiger, though. He's a guy that feeds off that. I mean, he's in terms of fan support, there's no one in golf that comes close to having it as much as Tiger did. Um, even, at, even Nicholas or Palmer at their height, not even close to the the fan support that tiger has um and especially now you know he was great back in the day but now he's like a rod you know he, he went through his trials and tribulations and now people he you know people are back and more in love with him than ever um so if you can find some like any like top 20 or top 30 finisher for tiger even to make the cut um i would i would go with something like that too Sully, you got any i don't honestly i i i, I like the ones you gave uh, I agree, Tiger top thirty. Um, I, I mean, I think Tiger, like Dave said, Tiger to to win. Um, you got to pepper you know, it. You got to pepper a little, wet the beak a little bit on all it. All right, but but yep. that's not that's not a very safe bet. That's not something you know you can really rely on. I'm saying, but a top a top finish is something can be very realistic, and like you said, it could definitely hurt him that the crowd's not there. So I'm not. You can't count count him out. What is he, what is he to win it? What's his Thirty to one. Uh, Thirty to one. Thirty to one. What is that? Plus three thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I sprinkled I a little. I, you bit know, on see, that. I don't. I don't love the value on that. I don't. I don't love the. I. You know, it's it's because it's Tiger and it's because he won it last year. But a top a top twenty or thirty finish, I think, would be much a much better play than that. Because there's obviously players that are playing much better than him, um, but. We know he knows the course. We know we know it's Tiger. He's gonna be up there. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's hard not to put him in that in that conversation. So, but it all depends on what your book offers. You know, everyone's different, especially for golf. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so so much differences in. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with that. Let's get into some more betting talk. Let's talk about our picks for NFL Week 10. We are more than halfway through the season, guys. It's uh, it's going quick. We thought we weren't going to get this far when uh, we were in preseason. We thought, you know, maybe get four or five weeks in. COVID was going to cancel this thing out. But Week 10, we're still going strong. Uh, a little update in the standings here on the Bleacher Banter pod. Uh, after a one and four week, Sully moves to twenty and twenty five. After oh. an after an oh, oh and five week for uh, uh, our boy Jones, 
He moves to 20-24 and one, keeping a slight lead over Sully with that one push that he had. And I went uh, three and two, Mister Reliable. I told you, I'm good Wait, for three. I was and in two. second last week. No, you weren't. You were 19 and 21. You were in second Joe two weeks ago. 29. Yeah. Yeah, you were two. Yeah, because I went. I went four and one last week. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I have a modest lead at 24 and 21. Went three and two again, Mister Reliable. Um, I'm gonna kick things off this week. I'm dog heavy this week, boys. I'm taking the dogs. It worked out for me last week. My two wins on the spreads were Jets plus seven and a half and Giants plus two and a half. The dogs worked out for me. My favorites did not. So I'm going with dogs again mostly. I do have one favorite, though, and we'll start off with them. I'm taking the Titans minus two and a minus two. Yep. Minus two against the Colts. They're at home. They had a good win this week. Um, I think they're going to do it again this week. I think they are back on track. It's a Thursday night game, but uh, I think they're they're back on track. They had a couple bad losses. Titans Colts love don't. Thursday night games. I feel like they pioneered yeah. Thursday night game. Titans Jaguars yeah. is like the the ultimate like yes, yes, Thursday yes. night game. I don't know how they robbed us of that this year, but uh, I'm taking Titans minus two at home on Thursday night, um, and then. I'm taking the Bengals uh, plus seven and a half against the Steelers. I do see that line still live on my bookie right now. Uh, a lot of COVID concerns for Steelers. <laughs> uh, Big Ben might be out with COVID. We don't know who else, but they do have about five players in the protocol now. Uh, the Bengals have been playing well. They're always very close games. They come down to the wire. I'm taking them plus seven and a half. Uh, a team that just scored a big win over the weekend against the favorite for MVP and one of the better teams in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks. The Bills, uh, they beat them. They, they stomped them out. They beat them by, I think, 20. Uh, they are plus two against the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals are coming off a um, pretty bad loss. I mean, going for it on fourth and one when you're in field goal range to tie the game. Uh, kind of questionable decision. But they ended up losing to the Dolphins by three. Uh, I think they're going to lose again this week to the Bills. I'm taking Bills plus two. And my last spread, I am just trying to confirm who they are playing. Uh, okay, we got the Bucks and Panthers. I'm taking Panthers plus six. Uh, McCaffrey re-injured himself a little bit. Uh, something with a rib or a shoulder, we're not, not entirely sure. He's day-to-day, -day, but I think he'll play this weekend. I'm um, taking the Panthers plus six when CMC's on the field. And you got Teddy Bridgewater, who we just called the best backup in football out there. It's going to work out for you. I think it's going to be another close game. They pushed the Chiefs to the limit this week. The Bucks coming off a bad loss. Who knows about them? I'm taking Panthers plus six. And then for my over-under, I'm going with a pretty high number, 55-and-a-half uh, in the Seahawks-Rams. I'm taking the over in that. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points. Seahawks are going to want to come out, uh, reaffirm themselves after a tough loss to the Bills. The Rams coming off of a bye. They'll be rested. They'll be ready to go. I'm taking the over in that one. I like it. Um, all right, I'll go. Uh, I don't know if I didn't hear if I had any uh, overlap with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the, the – Dolphins defense train this week. Uh, Chargers seem to be spiraling out of control. No matter the lead, they they can't seem to 
hang on to it. Um, Dolphins defense has been unreal lately. Uh, we got to start, I think, putting some respect on their name. Uh, so I'm going to take the Dolphins minus three at home. Um, you're getting even money odds, so that might even go to minus two and a half soon uh, on my bookie. So definitely something to watch out. I think, you know, if you have, don't have to give up the hook, then incredible, you know. Uh, so Dolphins minus three. And then the team that took out the Raiders, or the Chargers, the Raiders. Uh, Raiders minus five over, um, fuck, the Broncos. Uh, Drew Locke isn't good at football. He's not a good quarterback. Uh, so, you know, he, he's entering that Mitchell Trubisky territory of if he's starting, I'm betting against him. So mm-hmm. right, right now I'm, I'm taking the Raiders minus five. They're riding high. Gruden, big-time momentum coach. Uh, he'll know how to get the team ready to go. Um, I'm I'm riding with Gruden Grinders going into into this game at minus five. You know, it's the weird minus five number, but whatever. I, I think they win by ten. So uh, my next one is uh, my next one is my weekly Aaron Rodgers exists. Uh, the I know uh, Jags rookie quarterback looked good. But Jair Alexander is going to completely take away his number one wide receiver this week. And the rest of that Packers secondary has been great. Uh, and the, the one place the Packers defense is kind of hurting is uh, the run defense along the defensive line. And that's, I just don't know if the Jaguars will be able to sustain their entire offense around that uh, enough to cover the spread. I mean, the, Aaron Rodgers didn't even play the whole game last week because they were up by so many. Uh, so I'm not ruling that out as a possibility happening this week. And if I don't have to give a full two touchdowns, only 13 and a half, I'm fine with that. So Packers minus 13 and a half. And then I'm going to go with a little bit, might be a little bit of a shocker here, but I'm going to go with uh, Big Dick Nick and the Chicago Bears plus three at home on uh, Monday Night Football. They're Monday Night Football, right? It's two and a half. Oh, did it change? It's been two and a half since I've seen it on my bookie and ESPN. Oh, I have three written down. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'm still taking it. Uh, so, but it, it is plus a hundred. So you're getting even money at two and a half, or you could probably, if you want, you can buy that half a point. I'll probably bring it to minus one twenty, which is, isn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the bears win this game outright. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the defense is, Gonna have to stymie Dalvin Cook, which hasn't been an easy task this year. But if they can, uh, you know, I don't know where the I don't know where the Vikings are gonna get too many points. So I think it'll be a close one, low scoring, maybe you know, 24, 21, 24, 18, or seventeen, something like that. Uh, but I'll take the Bears if I'm getting the points at home on Monday Night Football. And my over under. These two teams always seem to light it up and hasn't changed this year. I'm going over 55 on Seahawks-Rams. That's, uh, that's the one we have in common. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the Seahawks, no secret, the Seahawks secondary is, is pretty damn terrible this year. Uh, so, you know, I just expect a lot of points. Well, you know, a nice 38-31 game, something like that. Really blow out that over. I would love that. There's my there's my five. So Dolphins minus three, Raiders minus five, Packers minus thirteen and a half, Bears plus two and a half now, and Seahawks Rams over fifty five. All right. Um, 
like it. I, I uh, I'm actually gonna fade one of your picks, possibly two, Dave. Well, let's see how this goes. I'm gonna go with the uh, Vikings minus two and a half. Might be a trap. I think the Vikings have um, found something, though. Um, their motto is just give the ball to Dalvin Cook every single possession. Which I better. love. He's much better than Kirk Cousins until he gets hurt. Dalvin Cook will get hurt. We know that. He always is hurt. Sorry, Thomas. You're not getting Madison. But um, <laughs> when he's healthy, he's the best running back this year. Not ever, but this year he's the best running back when he's healthy. Um, Bears do have a good defense, but... Uh, I think I think the Vikings are really picking up steam and going to be a really good second half team and probably make the playoffs with the playoff push. This would put them at four and five and completely back in the thick of things, especially with a lot of teams struggling in the NFC. Take them minus two and a half. I'll take the Saints minus nine and a half. It's a big number. Um, Niners, I mean, with Mullins, they look awful. No Kittle. All they can do is run the ball, and the Saints have not given up a 100-yard rusher for... 51 straight games, tied for the second best in NFL history. Um, so the Niners, I don't think will be able to run it well. Nick Mullins, good luck. Um, we know the Saints just blow out Bucks by 38 and three. That's not a accurate indicator of this game. Um, but the the Saints defense looks much better the last few weeks. Um, I mean, you, we saw what they did, did to Brady. The run defense is always there. Lattimore locking up. Lattimore is going to lock up whoever the top receiver is, whether Debo's back, whoever. So I love the Saints minus nine and a half. Not touching Seahawks Rams. I, I smell some fishy stuff in there. Um, Dolphins, uh, Dolphins Chargers. Dolphins defense is very good, Dave. I, I agree. But the Chargers put up points. Herbert puts up points. Um, and Tua looks great to his credit. I didn't really see this coming. Yes, it's only one week where he looked really good. Dolphins are hot. 48, both offenses, I think. I'll take the over on that. I think both offenses are putting up points. That's three. Then my fourth one, um, uh, I, I really like this one. I, I like um, this game keeps changing back and forth, the spread-wise. I keep saying, what do you guys have the Eagles-Giants at? Three? Um, Every time I look, it changes. I have three it. At, I have it at three, but I haven't refreshed in like ten minutes. So, three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, I yep. still at three for me. <laughs> it's it's three now. All right, whatever. I'll take the Giants plus three. I mean, I'll take either I either I tie or it's a loss. That mean and whatever. I take it plus three. It's changing by the. I think it's changed like five times since I. I'll take the Giants plus three. Think they win the game outright. Um, the Eagles keep squeaking out these close games. They do not deserve to win. They did it against the Giants. They did it again this week against, or two weeks ago. Who did they do it against? Was that uh, no, uh, they're Cowboys. Cow, no. And they ended up winning by yeah the Cowboys they, on Sunday they, night. They, it ended up being a bigger margin, but they were like losing for most a lot of the game. Oh, you're saying the Eagles, not the Giants. Eagles, yeah. Yeah, Eagles. okay. No, the Giants keep playing tough with everyone. Yeah, they're coming off a win. Um, the Eagles are due for a loss. They're they're they don't. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. I don't see much of a big difference right now um, across the board. Even if the Eagles get Sanders back, 
The Giants' defense has severely surprised me this year. The Giants' defense has been, been solidish. I think they're like the 13th or 14th ranked defense in the NFL. They've been, I mean, yeah, compa- they, I mean, I'm not saying they're great, but comparatively, they've been solid. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. Solid. They're very, I mean, I thought this defense would be bottom five, bottom three to bottom five. I think Dave was hoping a little better, but they're top of the league. They're in like that 10 to 15 range. They're legit a solid to good defense. Um, so all credit to them. The defense has been great. Yeah, and then and then it looks like offensively they're, they're starting to get some things going with Gallman, with Engram scored. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, he's not great, but you're taking the points. In these NFC East matchups, I kind of almost just want to take the points whenever I can because they're all terrible. Um, these inter-NFC East games, I'll take the points. I'll take them. Um, so I'll take the Giants plus three. Might take the money line this week. Um, you know, so that's four. And then the, is that all my picks? No, you need one more spread. One more spread. Okay. Uh, my last spread is I'm fading Dave again this week. I'm saying, uh, Raiders. No, not, sorry. Um, uh, Braid, yeah, Broncos plus five and a half over the Raiders. I like the Raiders a lot. Been on the Gruden uh, bandwagon a while, but the Raiders always ink out these close games. I, we know they're better than the Broncos. I agree with Dave. I think Drew Locke sucks. Everyone likes him because he's got a hot girlfriend. He's got swag. Put up some big yards numbers-wise, but I think he sucks. I don't know. He doesn't, other than two weeks ago, what have we seen from him? Uh, not much. Legit nothing. I think... <laughs> I, 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 but I'm betting the number here, um, and and against the team, I think the Raiders win. But the Raiders are, I think they're going to win on the last second field goal. I think it's going to be close. Um, and the Broncos, they were up by like what? They were down by like thirty both last two weeks. Two weeks ago they won. Last week they they lost by seven. So they're coming back and they're getting garbage points. Whatever they're making games close at the end. Um, so I I think I think it's going to be a close game all all game. And even, let's say even the, the Raiders are up by 10. And I don't think they will be. If the Raiders are up by 10, the the Broncos have shown they can score late, whether that be a touchdown at the end. So uh, I really don't like the Broncos this year, and I do like the Raiders, but I like the number of 5.5. So I like plus 5.5. Um, betting hasn't worked for me lately, so I think this is a non-contrarian pick. Uh, so I like it. I like it. I think the public will be on the Raiders. Um yeah, all right, I feel good about that. All right, well, that does it. Those are our picks for the week. Uh, hopefully, we all put out winning weeks this week. Uh, in the meantime, go follow us on the socials, at Bleacher Fan, at Bleacher Banter. Rate and subscribe to the podcast, and go check out the store at BleacherFan.com. Um, but we will be back next week with another episode for you.